Rambling Verser Podcast, Episode 26, Style and Story. Welcome. I am John Murray III, your rambling verser for this episode. And uh, today we're going to take a look at, at some different ideas as far as style for poetry and, and how to tell a story in a different way, uh, but make a statement doing so. So without further ado, here we go. A look at today's quote from French poet, essayist, and critic Paul Valéry. Poetry is simply literature reduced to the essence of its active principle. It is purged of idols of every kind, of realistic illusions, of any conceivable equivocation between the language of truth and the language of creation. So with this quote, and with the new format that we have for this year, we're hoping to take a look further into to how poetry and storylines kind of overlap. And it's up to the author as far as how far they go with each of each of the, the styles that they choose. Uh, poetry really is that, that that awesome power in a very tiny space, uh, whether whether it's a, a a short sonnet or whether it's an epic poem. It's still shorter than most of the stories that we see. Uh, this week, we're also going to take a look at at how a story can be told in, in a different fashion. Uh, so once we get through each of these episodes, we want you to think how you're, you're crafting uh, your works. And what we're trying to do this, this season, this year, is really reacquaint you with some of the classics out in literature. Because if you're a writer or, or if you're pursuing uh, writing as a craft, the biggest thing that, that, that is helpful for you is to actually go out and read or go out and look at, at the different, uh, different things that are out there. So while we grow and change with technology, the art of writing still remains consistent and much can still be learned from some of the great authors and writers of the past. We just need to know where to find it and how to look for it. So the other part of these episodes is me being getting to play with the cool sound effects that I have available on the computer here. Um, the the poem of the week is is by Ben Johnson, and you know Ben Johnson is definitely not contemporary. He's not the athlete. Uh, he is he's a playwright, a poet uh, that was was around between 1572 and uh, 1637. Um, he's had he's had many plays performed uh, by Lord Chamberlain's men at the Globe with William Shakespeare himself. Uh, before he became uh, a celebrity and famous, uh, you know Ben Johnson was around doing these. So we're gonna we're gonna take a look at a fit of rhyme against rhyme, uh, and, and just just try to pull out where some of the simplicity comes from. You know the sons of Ben, as m- many of Ben's followers were 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 indicated, they they looked they looked for plain verse instead of very, being very difficult. Uh, so. Uh, Let's take a look at a fit of rhyme against rhyme. Rhyme, the rack of finest wits that expresses but by fits. True conceit, spoiling senses of their treasure. Cosenning judgment with a measure. But false weight, wrestling words from their true calling. Propping verse for fear of falling to the ground. Jointing syllables, drowning letters. Fastening vowels as with fetters. They were bound. Soon as lazy thou weren't known, all good poetry hence is flown, and are banished. For a thousand years together, all Parnassus's green did wither. 
and wit vanished. Pegasus did fly away, at the wells no muse did stay, but bewailed, so to see the fountain dry, and Apollo's music die. All light failed. Starveling rhymes did fill the stage, not a poet in an age worth crowning, not a work deserving bays, not a line deserving praise. Palace frowning, Greek was free from rhyme's infection. Happy Greek, by this protection, was not spoiled, whilst the Latin queen of tongues is not yet free from rhymed wrongs. But rest foiled. Scarce the hill against us flourish, scarce the world a wit doth nourish, to restore Phoebus to his crown again, and the muses to their brain as before. Vulgar languages that want words and sweetness, and be scant of true measure. Tyrant rhyme hath so abused, that they long since have refused. Other seizure. He that first invented thee, may his joints tormented be, cramped forever. Still may syllables jar with time, still may reason war with rhyme, resting never. May his sense, when it would meet, the cold tumor in his feet, grow unsunder, and his title be long fool, that in rearing such a school was the founder. So Ben Johnson here kind of pulls out some of the things that, that I think about when, when I read some of today's verse. You know, and Ben Ben wrote this back in, you know, 1572 uh, to the 1600s. So, um, you know, when we look at, at poetry today, uh, some of the rhyme is not there or it's, it, it's, it's bad or it, it just doesn't line up. And I think what we're doing is a little injustice to some of the muses. However, if we take a look at what each of the, the forms are supposed to do, poetry is supposed to evoke that emotion. And with, uh, with that evoking, uh, it has to come from the poet himself or herself. And whatever muse you decide to follow or whatever inspiration you connect with needs to, to really come from inside of you. We have to watch out as a society whether or not we become content with with simplicity and and, and easy rhymes, but really tell a story, a powerful send a powerful message to to the readers, so that when they read each of the poems, they have something to think about. Because you want to not only evoke that emotion, but engage them in the the depth of what you're trying to build, and empower your readers to either read more or go out and create something of their own. So what is what is contemporary poetry for you? Is it really a testament to to what Apollo and the muses of ancient Greece or or even Ben Jonson or Shakespeare? Is it really a testament to what what came before it or is it what what, what Ben Jonson points out here and and uh, and really s- says, you know what? There's really no one worthy of standing out as much as as much as the the ancients have. Um, so we need to do more work at that. But what is it to you? So the poetry prompt of the week really is to write something in verse, a poem, on on the state of things today. Maybe it's an answer to uh, to this fit uh, that uh, that Ben Jonson had. And, and either share it at storyinstitute.com or, or, or just share it with your friends, but write about it and make a statement. 
And speaking of statements, we're going to take a look at another Johnson, and his name is Samuel Johnson. And he was around a little bit later, 1709 to 1784. But we're going to take a look at an article called The Vulture. And it originally appeared as Idler Number 22. It, it, it's a serial publication, but it was later withdrawn by Johnson when the series is published in book form. Um, and then it, the, 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 the numbers uh, of the Idlers were actually renumbered, so no gap was, was really apparent. But it's called The Vulture, and what it is is it's vultures talking to their young about mankind. Uh, not going to read the the whole story because, as you had kind of seen from the poem there, uh, my my reading uh, skills are are not up to par this week. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll pick out some some key key lines here and really really ask you to read either what's online or or, or within the uh, the notes of the podcast itself, because what this really says it, it was a political statement about about war at the time and what man does to other mankind and how animals feel about it. We do this uh, in political essays and, and you know the, many people have made livings off of, off of this type of thing, but being a li- quite a bit more blunt, uh, where Samuel Johnson tries to, tries to tell a story in a more of a unique way, but you know, connects it back to, to, to nature. Um, and we talked last week about the open boat and how nature really impacts writers. Well, sometimes nature can impact how we live as humans. Uh, so, you know, with this, the, the vulture, uh, here's, a, here's a little a couple tidbits from it. Many naturalists are of the opinion that animals, which are commonly considered as mute, have the power of imparting their thoughts to one another. That they can express general sensations is very certain. Every being that can utter sounds has a different voice for pleasure and for pain. The hound informs his fellows when he scents his game, and a hen calls her chickens to their food by her cluck, and drives them from danger by her scream. So the rest of the story kind of goes into a conversation overheard by, by a shepherd who actually understands bird. And it's 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 uh, goes into a mother bu- vulture talking to her children. Um, my children said the old vulture, "You will the less want my instructions because you have had my, my practice before your eyes. You have seen me snatch from the farm the household fowl. You have seen me seize the levert in the bush and the kid in the pasture. You know how to fix your talents and how to balance your flight when you are laden with your prey." But you remember the taste of more delicious food. I have often regaled you with the taste of man. Tell us, said the young vultures, where man may be found and how he may be known. His flesh is surely the natural food of the vulture. Why have you never brought a man in your talons to the nest? He's too bulky, said the mother. When we find a man, we can only tear away his flesh and leave his bones upon the ground. As we get further into the story... We hear the mother vulture kind of telling us what happens. The younger birds don't really understand how how they can't really kill man, but yet, but they they can they can sort of feed on him because man will sometimes, replied the mother, remain for a long time quiet in his den. The old vultures will tell you when you are to watch his motions. When you see men in great numbers moving closer together like flocks of storks, you may conclude that they are hunting and that you will soon revel in human blood. But still, said the young one, I would 
gladly know the reason of this mutual slaughter. I can never kill what I could not eat. My child, said the mother, this is a question which I cannot answer, though I am reckoned the most subtle bird of the mountain. And when I was young, I used frequently to visit the heir of the old vulture who dwelt upon the Carpathian rocks. He made many observations. He knew the places that afforded prey round his habitation, as far in every direction as the strongest wind can fly between the rising and setting of the summer sun. He had fed year after year on the entrails of men. His opinion was that men had only the appearance of animal life, being really vegetables with a power of motion, and that as the bows of an oak are dashed together by the storm, that swine may fatten upon the falling acorns, so men are, by some uncountable power, driven one against another, till they lose their motion that vultures may feed. Others think they have observed something of contrivance and policy among these mischievous beings, and those that hover more closely round them pretend that there is, in every herd, one that gives direction to the rest, and seems to be most eminently delighted with a wide carnage. What is it that entitles him to such preeminence? We know not. He is seldom the biggest of the, and, or the swiftest, but he shows his eagerness and diligence that he is more than any of the others. A friend to the vultures. So I chose this story not as a political commentary myself, but as a way to branch out your storytelling abilities and and the short story genre. Um, because without these type of, of storylines, uh, we're we're left with uh, with a little bit more uh, imaginary and and you know the gap between uh, possibly what's what's been uh, more religious in, in aspect from. Uh, the Greek gods to, um, to 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 technology today, some more fantasy. So, with this type of storyline, the the writing task for this week, the the writing thought for this week, it is write a little story about uh, about your views and how and how nature may view man now. Choose a different character, uh, or other than the vultures. It's probably been overdone as far as meaning. Uh, in in many uh, many uh, stories and points of literature, but but choose an animal who you think may be uh, may identify man as as their friend now, and uh, and really tie up uh, tie up the storylines. Make it simple, make it short, but but also give it a sense of hey, this actually could be true. Well, that sound kind of tells me that we're, we're at the end of the podcast here. Uh, I'm going to leave you with this short story topic found at Story Institute. It's called A Way to Nature. The tall creature lingered into view. The young couple sat on their hotel balcony and watched the long tongue wrap itself around a nearby tree, slowly stripping off the green, leaving only the remnants of a dark brownish color coated in saliva. The man and the woman embraced and watched the simple act of nature. They came here to get away, away from the city life, away from the chaos, away from the technological advances. They came here to hide. They came here together. Who is this couple? Where do they live? From what are they trying to get away? Did they succeed in leaving things behind, or did they just postpone the impact? Is this the beginning or ending picture of their time away? Consider piecing together the story in a series of flashbacks. Consider imparting tidbits to the readers in the form of smaller stories. Consider the future or the past as a setting and show the impact of their decisions in lives. Decide on the story and write. Post it at Story Institute or share it elsewhere, but write 
and enjoy. If you'd like to share your work, please feel free to stop by our forums at storyinstitute.com forums. Send us an email to ramblingverser at storyinstitute.com or give us a call at 615-431-RIT. That's 9748. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And until next time, remember to imagine, enhance, and grow your stories. <laughs>